right, go ahead. All right, let's buy our shirts. Let's buy our shirts, bitch. Let's buy our shirts, everybody. Uh, it's me and Rain. Uh, it's me and Rain. Opposite coast, uh, but never closer I'm together. I'm and in, I'm also in, Rain. In the hands of God. Um, what about we have the... a very special guest? Yeah. That's, yeah. He's, I don't know. It's, we it's ha- we have a guest. Uh, um, I feel. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself, there, bud. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Philip Amos. It's Phil! T-Bone. It's Phil, uh, it, can we call you I'm T-Bone? Here. You can call me T-Bone. Fuck yeah. Um, Phil, um, uh, a long-time drummer of uh, the band They Came Running uh, from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, <laughs> not long. That was a long they time. They Came Running. Uh, the Bear Comes Home. Asher. Um, yeah. Um, shit, what else? Uh, uh, so gum? you're going to say other projects in, I don't gum? want to be referenced Yes, yes, I, I'm in gum. Yeah, Philip is gum. Also, uh, real quick, Rain, uh, I forgot to tell Philip, but if Philip, if, if there's any point that you don't want us to put anything on there, you just say, hey, you edit that out, we'll edit it out. If we, like, say Where, something, right? you could just be like, yeah, take that out. Yeah, I don't want to, I'm not going to, we're not going to accidentally dox anybody be on this podcast. <laughs> this is a dox-free podcast. Yeah. But that I mean, one episode where we accidentally dox somebody. Very... We didn't dox anyone. We only use first names, and you're like, <laughs> "Why are you?" you Rain, use first Rain names. really coming out of it? The... No, it wasn't just first names. I definitely we used got, the first we, last We're name. back together. I'm, I'm sorry. I thought we could strike the same dynamic as we could in our youth, but I, I'm sorry. I'm I, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. It's okay. You can hurt them. It's fine. I don't have any. <laughs> okay. Now I feel even worse. <laughs> It's okay. It's fine. All right. All right. So yeah. Anyway, uh, I'll be a, li- I'll be a little from... more sensitive. Philip's here from Tennessee. Uh, he, all um... the way from Tennessee. We are. I'm your man on the ground. We are. We're hitting like a triangular kind of thing with the coast. I'm in the northeast, and then Phil's in the southeast, and then Dylan is holding down the west coast. Yeah, the entirety. The both. Devil's triangle. The devil's Northwest triangle. And <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I'm, I'm y'all's man on the ground here in Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. I um, you got your I was finger doing on my the homework. pulse of uh, Southern culture. Yep, I was doing my homework on the show. Oh yeah, and uh, I was listening to a couple episodes from a few weeks back, and y'all talk about Chattanooga a lot, but geographically, you couldn't be more upsetting to me. <laughs> I listened to the episode about Del Taco and I was pulling my fucking hair out. <laughs> okay, we, no, what did, get wrong about, what did we get wrong about Del Taco? First, Rain says, Yeah, they built a Del Taco when I moved to New York six years ago. And I was like, Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> then, then, and they hadn't even built the one in Kennesaw yet. Then Dylan comes in and he goes, Kennesaw. There's no Del Taco in, in Fordo. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my god! And and so I at the time when I was listening to it, Dylan had visited chat recently. Mm-hmm. By the time I was listening to it, I hadn't realized that this had been published before me and Dylan physically drove by the Del Taco together. So wow. for a second, I was like, "Holy shit!" So for a second, I was like, "Dylan is literally saying this," and I was just at the Del Taco with him, like saw it with your own eyes, ago. and yet yeah, you no, but dare, after you the dare debate me. Yes. Oh, okay, okay. I was mistaken on the time stamping of it. When while I was actually listening to it, I was like, felt like I was going insane. I was like, "There's no way that <laughs> okay. you wouldn't have noticed the the bright neon lights 
of the Del Taco on Battlefield Parkway. The shining beacon that is <laughs> the Fort Oglethorpe <laughs> Del Taco. The, the fucking, okay, so do you know where the fucking, you know where goodies used to be? on the uh, If you're going, if you're going towards Ringgold, oh, yeah. on the left where the goodies used yeah, to be. Yeah, next, next, next to Zaxby's. Next to Zaxby's. I guess Zaxby's yeah. would have better, a better reference. But it's Beals, Beals now. So on yeah. the right, wasn't there a restaurant that was a Del Taco very temporarily, like ten years ago? What was no. that? Which restaurant? No, there wasn't even a Del Taco in the in the whole. Wait, the one on the country, the one on the end that was like a Pie Slingers. There's no, a Taco Bell was... right there. Taco Bell's by Walmart. No, uh, that place wasn't Pie Slingers. It was fucking uh, Mike's Pizza. That place was awesome. Mike's Pizza. Yeah, Mike's really... closed down. Mike's Pizza was great. Yeah, I think. Rest in power, pour one out. I think my mom. Oh, True. they died. R.I.P. R.I.P. Mike. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if it was a. Was that a COVID death or was that just the, the fact that it just yeah. The vid took him down. Nailed yeah, the that and, yeah. They that. had great karaoke night every Saturday. There would always be about ten people in there. Did you hit him up? No cover. Oh yeah. You a karaoke boy? Oh, I love karaoke. That's sick. I do a little I karaoke here. When you go to a karaoke spot. If you haven't sang there before, the first song you bust out is The Boys Are Back in Town. <laughs> it's raw oh, power. Oh, it gets everybody on their feet. What? Are you okay? Hey. What? What's going on? What? Rain, uh, Rain died on the podcast. This is, uh, this is a terrible moment. Um, Jesus. I, I really didn't want it to be here. That she died on the pod, but oh my God, you my know, Pat just fucking I don't know what the fuck he was doing. He was trying to get up on my lap, and I was like, no. And then he like did a little half jump, and then he uh, he like <laughs> landed on my headphone cable and almost knocked over my computer. Oh, pad. hell yeah! Oh my that God. was wild to witness. Yeah, that was awesome. That was like it was like watching a car accident, you know, it's like it's like when you see the other car hit the other car, it's like, ah. You know that kind of feeling. It was entertaining for you. I was worried I was going to lose my fucking brand new computer that I just built. You need, yeah, you need that computer for yeah, your for, work, for now, my work, yeah, for my mm -hmm. job. You know, honestly, if I if I would have if I could have remembered way back when in like 2008 when we were all at the North Georgia bowling alley, um, in Fort Oglethorpe, right next to the Civil War graveyard. You know, that, that we would be sitting here now, you know, honestly, about 2,000 miles in one direction, roughly like 900 in one direction. Were you in and the bowling league? Like, I was in the bowling league. Yeah, we were all in the bowling league, I don't even fucking right? remember that. Jesus I don't remember Christ. you being in the bowling league. I'm sorry. I remember, yeah, you wouldn't. Yeah, I remember okay. Philip and, and uh, yeah. Yeah, we was remember, on the same uh, team. Philip, you and I were on the same bowling, bowling team? Yeah, or I don't know if we had teams, but we bowled the same lane every, yeah, yeah, every yeah. time. That was a high point in my life at the time. Yeah. Because it was every other Wednesday. So some Wednesdays I would think it was bowling week, and then I figure out it wasn't bowling week, and it would run my day. I, yeah, I remember, <laughs> I remember that. I was always like, oh, shit, it's the time to bowl. Time to see my boys. I averaged a 74. Uh, I, I averaged a 74. Yeah, mine probably wasn't much higher. I seem to recall it was somewhere in the 80s but oh my god i can't believe how much bowling i did i must have bowled so much more than the average person just from being in homeschool bowling league yeah I'll tell I mean, you I, what 
Who bowls really? No, I mean, but who bowls? Nobody bowls anymore. Like church. That's like a okay. thing in the past. All right, this is what I'm about to tell y'all. This is what I'm about to tell y'all. All right, Drop so it. you know, Jan- January twenty, uh, January twenty twenty one, right? The uh, world is rising from the ashes of twenty twenty, and but people still aren't quite apt to gather in person, mm. uh, understandably. So, I'm kind of still, I'm at the the end of my um, mind being lost from twenty twenty and not being able to go to shows. Yeah. And I really need something to do. And uh, we just started going to the bowling alley every Tuesday night for like straight up like 12 weeks straight every Tuesday night. Who's we? It was like me, Sally, Gerardo, Chris, Drew, anyone that was down. You got a whole crew showing up to bowl. Oh, the gang. Wow. The gang would show up. I bought my own bowling shoes. Uh, Wow. I I bowled a 193. I bought Holy a 193 shit. one night. Dude, you're picking up yeah. those spares. I was I was averaging like at least three or four strikes a game for a while there. That's magical. Uh, what's like, your uh, ideal and, what's your ideal weight of a bowling ball? Uh 12. 12. Like a 12? Interesting. Yeah. Anything over 12 it just gets really out of hand. But then, like I, also I like, like if I'm doing if I'm rolling like spins, like trick balls, oh, like I'll right, do like a yeah. 10. Some advanced technique. Yeah. If I'm yeah, if I'm I, just going uh, straight down the middle, twelve. Were you like I'm analyzing not... oil patterns and stuff, or? Yeah, <laughs> you leave that. I started behind. watching a lot of, like, so like simultaneously, it worked out really well to where I started working this remote job, at the beginning of 2021. Sick. So I had a lot of uh, YouTube like dives, right? Mm-hmm. So I ended up getting into like the PBA side of the side of YouTube. Uh, PDA. So I started watching all these like. Is that the professional? PBA. PBA. Okay. Professional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, professional bowling association. Right. So I started watching all these pro tournaments and like getting like obsessed with it. And we just started going and I was, my score was getting better and better. And it was like legitimately filling the void of like shows in my life for a good like six months. That's fantastic. Like, like how I, far I look you forward to bowling from, every Tuesday night. From averaging a 74 in, in your teenage yeah. years, just the complete like 180 to, to almost we, 200. Did you ever bowl and with now that no dude i i got so close god like 193 if i so on the 193 game if i would have got a strike on my last frame mm, you, uh, you would have i would have been like at like 207 i think yeah what's uh, the highest maximum points you can get 300, 300. Right? yeah 300 yeah, perfect game perfect game is 300 interesting how do you um, feel? I, I live right next to the bowling, uh, the bowling uh, arena, the national it, bowling. It's arena. the national oh, bowling okay. arena. Yeah. Are you allowed? They do like all the. Can you go? All there? the biggest. Uh, yeah. Can, can Nor- I mean, I can, can walk there. Yeah. Can, but can normies bowl there if they want to? No, I don't think so. Oh, I think sure. you have to do like some sort of blood ritual. Well, we should That's go when I'm there. We should check it out. Yeah, we can go. I mean, we're I going, it's strictly yeah. competition, right? Like, I think it's strictly league play. I don't know. I I would think that there would be like some like. If there's the bowling championship arena here, then wouldn't there be like some like some champion level bowling alleys that are open to the public here for like the semi pro? You know, I mean, how are you going to mm. practice bowling other than that? You know, you got to have like some. That's nice what I'm saying. Alley. Like it's probably only league play. Like it's not recreational. Yeah, like, yeah. Serious. Like even if they're not pro, like serious people that are serious about it are like going there. You know what I'm saying? It's like you go to like a normal bowling alley and it's like a bunch of families and kids 
like dropping a pizza slice on the fucking lane. Yeah, and yeah. Like, you know, it's just Get like spaghetti sauce on the on the ground, fucking up your ball. Exactly. What's wrong with that? Spaghetti That's sauce. Nice. I meant pizza sauce. That's nice. I spaghetti mean, spaghetti sauce you know. is slightly different. No, no. I don't want to say I'm bowling too long, but are y'all familiar with Pete Weber? No. Uh, is it is that, that is. do you do you know who you're do you know who you think you are? I am. Who do you think you are? I am. Oh yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. That is that yeah, the guy? Yeah. yeah, that's the guy. The bad boy of bowling. Legend. <laughs> He's a god. I like his glasses. He's a god. Straight up. Oh, dude. I it's he's He's was so ridiculous. Is that your, he's so serious. Is that your bowling shit. idol? Yeah. Cuz he'll just talk mad shit to his opponent. Yeah. Like uh, and then um there's this dude like the 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 greatest like the the best in the world right now is this dude Jason Belmonte and uh he does all these like psychological things to trying to get in his opponent's head. So he always he always has a plastic water bottle and he's always crackling it as they're approaching the lane. <laughs> and then he'll take like he'll take his rag that he wipes the oil off the ball with and throw it on top of their ball just so they have to pick it up when they get their ball and it like really gets in their head and he beats everybody. It's Man. wild. So, what does oil have to do with this? Oh, it has everything to do with it. It has everything to do with it. What? Oil in the lanes. What do they oil it with? Oil. Oil. Well, cooking oil. <laughs> Like what? What kind of oil? Olive oil, extra virgin no, olive like, oil. What? What extra virgin olive oil? <laughs> you bowling? You bowling with meatballs? You got spaghetti oil. I like the in your beta shoes? version of olive oil. If you don't, if you don't mind, I don't like the extra version. I just like the beta it's like, version. The, I guess the mark of a pro is like you could show up to any lane, and once you've kind of learned the lane's oil pattern, you can bowl in that lane, whether it's thicker oil or thinner oil or what stick at the, the end. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, what? check out like, look look <laughs> up like oil that? patterns and you can see like diagrams of, and shit of like how they like put the oil this... on, on lanes. What? Yeah, it's, no, it's wild. A thing. Hold on, I'm looking. Oh, it's totally What? <laughs> what? Why? We're not Why trolling is you. Fucking full of shit. No, is Why is your stance always <laughs> that? What? Probably because <laughs> <'cause laughs> he's not true. Historically, we've fucked with him. So. <laughs> That's true. I used to be gullible. Out. That's not true. I used to be gullible, and now I have to protect myself. This now is you're the not only gullible. way. Yeah. yeah. Come by it honestly. Al, you Google here. everything I say. Same here, my bud. I don't Google everything you say. That's not true. God. <laughs> oh, real quick. Uh, Shattered Vinyl Reunion, right? Oh, well, right no, now. we don't have the other guy. The other guy? Can we say his first name? Here. Okay. Oh, so we can we, just say his we first can name. We can say first fine. names now. Okay. R.I.P. He doesn't even have social media. I looked for him, and yeah, I, I can't find him anywhere. He's not really dead. And he's better but... for it. Is that so? He's not dead. I saw pictures. I'm friends with his mom on Facebook. Same. I think I I probably am. Shout out to that whole family. I love them. I hope they're all doing good. It seems like they're doing pretty well. I, I don't, yeah, I, I think I they're prosperous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, that's great. Yo, oh shit! Straight up, they used to throw some. They used to throw some. Those barn parties burn. were pretty sick. Parties. I was. Oh my god! I just got reminded of. Do you remember uh, we went swimming in like their subdivisions uh, pool? Uh, do you remember yes. doing that? Okay, so I remember I uh, my glasses fell off in the pool, 
and then you grab them and swam away with them. And then like <laughs> 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes later, I'm just like chilling out with some other people. And uh, you you come over, you're wearing my glasses and you're like, uh, hey, everyone, I'm 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 and uh, <laughs> uh, Jaws is probably one of the best movies of all time. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. Also, I just deadened myself on the podcast. Shut up, shut up. Maybe I'll bleep it out. <laughs> yeah, you just bleep it out. Yo, Fuck it. <laughs> yo, that's what I'm for. I so sometimes like some of the podcasts I listen to, they'll talk about like sensitive subject matter that they don't want to like, you know, like like stories they don't want to tell. And instead of just cutting it and the listener never knowing, they'll do like a funny like funny music for a second, or they'll just hit like a straight up bleep. Oh sure, and just like a, a long. That shit. <laughs> I think that shit is so good. <laughs> that's good. Just, that's good content. Yeah, I just I mean, wish we... I had the power to bleep right now. <laughs> I, I want. I want bleep power now. I want it active and what I want you, it live. Yeah, what would you bleep? Back. What would you bleep? Everything. You everything. Everything. Right. Everything I could say. We'll everything I possibly true. could. Very soon. I, I looked into that today. Yeah. I looked into it, and it's the thing is, is there's like a buy-in because you do have to like buy a oh, program yeah. or whatever. Pay to play. I found Pay to bleep. Yeah. I found a fucking program that's like lets you run multiple channels into a single channel mm-hmm. that you can go into the fucking thing. Like but digitally? It's just, yeah, exactly. It's just, it's called like a coal or something. You can do up to like 16 channels, but it just sounds okay. like such a fucking, doesn't sound worth it. So I just said, nah, fuck that. Yeah, let's, not, that. let's not spend any money on this podcast. Let's not invest anything. <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to spend Back money on the subject of the we're buying party. We're buying shirts. Uh, of the what? We're going to buy shirts. Parties. The epic parties. The epic parties, yeah. We all at the the food fight. No, I wasn't there. Oh, shit. I almost bombed. You were there. Yeah, I was there. I took my shirt off because it was, like, so covered in food and so disgusting. I couldn't, like, bear to smell it anymore. (laughs) It was amazing. It was amazing. I just remember, uh, I just remember their dad, like, (laughs) we were all, like, playing rock band and, like, playing pool and stuff inside, and their dad is just outside with a garden hose. Cleaning the yard. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, (laughs) why did you let let them do this? My brain. (laughs) That image of him just, like, spraying the yard. Like, like, trying his best to, like, get it all washed down. To get, like, Kool-Aid and fucking banana pudding out of the grass. Yeah. That kills grass. Kool-Aid is really, really bad for grass. Like it was warm. Like really bad. Carson was like running around with a super soaker full of Kool-Aid. <laughs> and I was like <laughs> I was already about to throw up. And uh I was like, oh maybe like a maybe like a cold blast of water will like snap me out of it. <laughs> and it was like but it was like it was warm. warm. It like hit me and it was warm. And I'm like, oh summer. I'm like, oh god, this I made it worse. I feel even worse. <laughs> And you have to wonder if that like awoken uh like a like a splooshing thing for anybody at the party. A you know, it's kinda thing? like is that a Yeah, kink? they kinda were just like yeah, kink? it's a kink thing where you like cover yourself in food or oh, you like wet, have somebody uh, cover WAM, wet and messy. Yeah, wet and messy. Yeah, uh, I wonder, well, uh, I wonder if that was the whole purpose of the party. <laughs> <laughs> you don't see which one of y'all kids real fucked up. Yeah, I mean we were all kids, uh, so I don't know. I don't know how <laughs> Yeah, you all just right, never bro. know. My brother, my oldest brother's high school, which was different than the high school I went to. Yeah. Um, they had this like, uh, like the Sunday before the, uh, the Sunday before the fall semester would start. So like the end of summer, they'd have this big event 
and it was like the you know freshmen got t-shirts and the sophomores got t-shirts and yeah. everyone's wearing their color-coded t-shirt and they'd have these like opening ceremony type deals and it would always end with a massive shaving cream fight oh okay so when i was a kid which is like that could be pretty fun i guess right so like when i was a kid it, it didn't appeal to me at all i was terrified of one day having to participate so like I remember what standing was, on like the sidelines. What was side so scary lines. about the idea of like a shaving cream fight, like getting it on you? Was it a sensory thing? So I I saw this line of people waiting to get their eyes washed out with the hose. Because oh shit! They're all <laughs> getting chemical burns all, on their fucking eyeballs. <laughs> they're all screaming and holding oh, no. their heads oh, and shit. waiting waiting for one of the teachers that had a hose. To wash them down because yeah, like, like isn't there like menthol in shaving cream yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> just so, but it's fucking and then, soap and soap sucks in your eye too yeah oh so, god so then like um oh, fuck. Sh- shaving cream isn't soap that's soap in it is it soap probably i don't know what old, we'll investigate old, that claim. old school it? shaving uh, cream was fucking soap but uh, they would also like what is shaving? The dudes would, shaving would just soap. like the dudes that are like you know juniors shaving or seniors soap is that are different just, like, than all shaving bumped cream. up. What? And start throwing the cans at each other. Oh hell yeah! Just just so- <laughs> beaning each other with fucking cans. Yeah. Oh my god! Pelting each other with the cans and Some I think it was like shit. I think it was like maybe he did two years of that like of that ceremony and then they just like stopped it like they were like yeah no more of that. It's over. Uh, which, you know, some would say is uh, the liberal agenda. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but... That's what's softening our youth is when we stop letting them have violence amongst each other, you know, where they can just throw cans and, you know. You know, interestingly enough, my dad, uh, that's, my dad can't grow a beard because of uh, a, uh, a, a can-related incident, actually, when he was working in a restaurant when he was a kid. A can? Is that why? Yeah, no, he burnt his face really fucking bad. Um, With what kind of can? It was an aerosol can. He put it in an incinerator at a restaurant, and uh, it blew up and burned him in the face. Like, burnt his whole... Oh, shit. You told me a different reason. Wait, what? He told told you or I told you? You told me a different reason. What was the different reason? I honestly don't remember. (laughs) You said said it's because... uh, Y'all had Native American in your genealogy, and that was why I couldn't grow a beard. Well, I heard many a thing in my in my uh, in my youth. Wow, your dad's like None the Joker. Which... He's like, you want to know why I can't grow a beard? Because I'm part Native Joker American. Meets Elizabeth Warren. It's like, but at least you get Oh wow, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess Elizabeth Warren's yeah. like the Joker in a way as well. What? She lives for chaos. Yeah. I don't know. That's true. She's kind of a chaos. I don't know. She was a Republican for a long time, so you never know. Maybe she is just kind of a chaos person. Oh. Switching parties. Flipping parties. Joker energy. Yeah, she's cool. She's kind of hot, too. She's like, you know, she's kind of got like nice energy. Hot. Yeah. I like her, uh, I like her coats or little jackets. Yeah, she's she got nice coats. She's always, always like, like a... one of those red coats. Yeah, she's got like a red coat. She's got like a nice teacher haircut, you know? Yeah. Like the teacher yeah. that you like weirdly like for some reason. Yeah, no, you know the one you kind of just think about a lot. All right, here's like, the topic. Oh. Who is the sexiest Republican Congresswoman? Sexiest. Oh, uh, it's easy. Hold on. I got I there's a list of them. Hold on. Oh, fuck. Um they're all like 
70 years old. Are there any young <laughs> are there any young what? Republicans in Congress? Well, you got to be like a certain age, right? Asi like, well, aside like... from like Madison Cawthorn, who's like our age. That's a Wait, man. How old do you have to be? To be That's a man. Person? Um, I think just I think just 18. Elizabeth Halseth? An 18-year-old can be in Congress? No, Maybe. you have to be like at least 25. 25. No, there's an okay. age limit. Yeah, yeah, 25 or 28. It, I think it depends on which house the you're elected, in. The elected representative must be at least 25. Thank God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it is. Yeah, just imagine if 18-year-olds if 18-year-olds could be elected to Congress. Uh, just kind of examine some of those consequences. I think maybe that would be good. It seems like we can't get anything done, so maybe that would be a good I mean, thing. 18-year-olds can vote, which is, like, clearly bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, I, you know, like, I mean, like, children, like, they're still, like, they're children, like, straight off, like, you know, like, those two, like, those two or three years post Should we raise the voting very... age? Should we raise it to 21? Drinking and voting I'm same year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying drinking, voting, and military. I'll go into 21. Yeah, I mean, no, life expectancy the thing is, is later, you, so. You can't have the military at 21 because 18 is when people are so young and impressionable that they would join the military. Because by the time you're 21, you're not going to well, do yeah, that. Yeah, from a logistic point of view, of but like from a humane point of view. I mean, well, I, I guess from a humane point need, We need an army. And if it's an army, it's children. Yeah, how so else are we going to stop the <laughs> Russian oppression of Ukraine? Yeah, exactly. becomes oh, yeah. A, We're going there. It becomes the military-industrial complex guy. Yeah, I mean, and honestly. Says, we we need an army! <laughs> Let me be clear here, folks. Dylan's we got, don't like, know. Big oil in his pocket. We don't know what. <laughs> I wish I had big oil in my pocket. I'd be so rich. God, be be so fucking obvious. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably ask them to sponsor the podcast if you've got them. Yeah, honestly, if we could get fucking Raytheon to sponsor the podcast, that oh, would be, be so great. cool. Raytheon, week, Honeywell. Yeah, this Honeywell. Week brought to you by I mean, Big Oil. <laughs> brought to you by Exxon Mobil. <laughs> Exxon Mobil. I don't really give a fuck about penguins, do you? <laughs> I don't think about it. Neither should you. Oh <laughs> <clears throat> uh, man, no. Um, yeah, I'm. I was looking at this list. I think at least Stefanik is pretty attractive. Is she uh, okay? So she's up. a Republican. She's thirty-seven. Yeah, she's pretty cute. Yeah, she's good looking. Let's see, and she's New York. She's from New York. Okay. Hey. All right. I mean, yep. you know, you got AOC, but she's not a Republican, a I guess. New so, that's uh, why, okay. Yeah. We're talking specifically Republicans, specifically, right? Yeah, I'm okay. specifically saying Republicans just because, you know, like, there's like the, like, there's like a whole Democrats class are of people that would, that would be like, there's there's a whole, like, group of people that if you were to objectively ask them if a, like, Republican congressperson was sexy, they'd immediately be like, no, absolutely not. And it's like, you so know, basically what I did when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like, you know, like, you know, if, if they were, they're going to have to be attractive enough for you to like, you know, like see through their politics. Right. So sure. It sure. would really have to be like, you know, they'd really have to be a looker, for somebody to be like, yo, such and such Republican Congresswoman is bad, you know? Yeah. Oh, what like, about, uh, what about Lauren Bobert? Bobert. Lauren Bobert. Looking it up. Oh, I forget what no, she looks like. You, I'll send you the link. She's uh, she's pretty good looking. Yeah, she's you know. I mean, <laughs> I'll send you a link. Like, he's got, like some like. Private oh wow, photos. she is. Yeah, I got the, 
yeah, she's hot. Sure. Right. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, I, guess, got, I guess I'm uh, gonna say her. She got in some. She got in some real hot water recently. Yeah. <laughs> no, what did she do? I, I have no idea what she did. You You have no idea. No, I don't watch the news. I forgot to. Um, Fuck. I. Uh, she made like okay, so, um, she made a like a very very like forwardly uh like Islamophobic joke at like a uh like, it looked like she's in some dive bar in her hometown. And oh. She's like doing stand up basically. <laughs> she's either she she's giving a speech or like doing stand up or something, and she made this joke, um, that was like very like. You know, something that like a congressperson like should definitely not, not be say. saying yeah. when people are filming. Uh, you can uh, you can look that up, but uh, other than that, um, yeah. <laughs> okay, I did, I I heard her. I I heard about her when she said she said Ilan Omar was part of the Jihad squad. Um, yeah, she made that, some, and then she made some she kind of comments said, about someone not having a backpack. It was like a no, she is that like a Boston like, bomber joke? Well, like, uh, she was like, and she said that she was in the elevator in fucking like Congress, like in the Congress building, and uh, Elon Omar gets in the elevator next to her, and she's like, I wonder what's in that backpack. Oh, yeah, that's right. I just I just listened to the clip, that shit's hella awkward, and also, yeah, not that many that. people laughed, and uh, it like it didn't land. Also, is she doing stand up or is she giving like a supporter speech? I think she's giving like a very low key speech. (laughs) Just imagine a congressperson earnestly doing stand up. And obviously she doesn't she doesn't have much of a filter for this. I feel like Trump rallies almost bordered on stand up for a while. Well, I heard comedians being like (laughs) I I was listening to I forgot what podcast it was, but this one comedian was like, Have you like the format the comedians will talk about like their content is like oh i got an hour going or i got you know i got 20 minutes going right like, once they have like you know your material you're set yeah and he was like have you heard trump's hour <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's like trump's hour is one of the one of the best stand-ups i've ever heard in my life yeah he kills hey where'd your video go where'd whose video go yours it's gone my video's gone phil i can't see you, you. can't see me no, I can see her. I can't. I can't see you. Okay. Well, let me try and turn hey, it off and back. Hey, on. what happened to you? Pain. Can you see me now? No. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know what's going on. Phil says it's good. Have to get over that. <laughs> All right. Well. Aww. All right. But I'm so cool. Pretty. All right. What are we thinking about uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene's attractiveness level? Um, Marjorie Taylor Greene. I mean, you know, number one, she's she's local, which I like. Um, <laughs> Is she from Dalton? She's from. Uh, I, I think she lives in Rome right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, which you know. And, I mean, she, I yeah. mean, Catusa County is in her district. Right. Yeah. My mom voted for. Her. I I almost guarantee it. I don't know for <laughs> my, sure. I, I my mom so. hates her. My mom is like adamantly, like vehemently against but, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Y'all seen her workout yo, there? Yes, that's yeah, why she's that, sexy. That's why you find her attractive because she can't. Do, I'm looking at her right now. Because she can't do pull-ups. <laughs> she looks like she's like a cat vomiting on a chin-up bar. I don't know. I saw some, I saw some uh, videos of her hitting the weights, and I was like, all right. 
Oh yeah, doing Hi, like Margie. the doing like cleans. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean she yeah, her... I, I guess she's built. She she works out. She's ready to do the do another insurrection or whatever. Her in the she's stop like, the steel mask. You can't beat that. Stop the steel. What? You can't beat stop the embroidered the steel. stuff. That's what January 6th was about. Stop the steel mask? Do you have oh. an embroidered stop the steel mask on January 6th? Oh, the stop the steel mask. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm looking here. Uh, you know, what's, what's interesting to me is, like, Marjorie Taylor Greene really goes, like, the extra mile when it comes to, like, wild shit like she's just not the conventional republican and i think that's great because we don't have a lot of like unfortunately i think eventually no republicans going to be conventional but she really does like open up the gates of like spicy republicans well she and like madison cawthorn are like trying to be the trump brand republicans uh, of like you know these very high energy like reactionary uh you know stir up the masses kind of people and you think I, margie taylor green's gonna run in 2024 for, pre for president yeah why uh, not i i don't think I, so i don't think she has like the the power behind her and out yeah and i don't think she's like viable enough as a candidate and this is Our, i'm basing there's a guy running against her nothing but vibes like, he He's already started his campaign, and his entire campaign is like, <laughs> I'm running against radical Marjorie Taylor Greene, because Georgia deserves better, like that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, and like that's his entire uh, campaign platform at the moment. Um, is he a Republican just like, or a Democrat? No, he's, he's a Democrat. Gotcha. I, yeah, well, I, I mean, wonder... Georgia went blue, so you never know what could happen. Well, I wonder if even a Democrat could win in that district, you know? Well, Okay. <laughs> The, this is what would have to happen. The Democrat would have to convince the thousands of people who still have the Marjorie Taylor Greene sign in their yard <laughs> right. that I see while I'm driving around in North Georgia uh, to switch, which I think is impossible. Yep. Uh, because I saw approximately 17 Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, Save America, Stop Socialism signs when I was in Ringgold the other Jesus day. Jesus Christ. Well, you know what you do is you just get a Democrat to say that Trump actually won. That would be, it would be political suicide, but it would be nonetheless the way to actually win that district. Interesting. Just be like, actually, if you really folks, want I'm on your side. So, Look, I'm uh, a Democrat. I don't like him, but he did win. Stolen. The guy running against <laughs> her uh, is, uh, his name is Marcus Flowers. He's a yeah, Democrat. Yeah, and his whole slogan is uh let's send let's send congress flowers wow i mean you know Very i classy. feel like oh did y'all see the uh, the video of uh marjorie taylor green blowing up a prius with a sniper rifle yes that was yes, uh, amazing that was sick if a democrat <laughs> like, ran that energy ad, is gay fucking... or whatever and <laughs> All right, all right, Marcus Flowers. If you're listening to buy our shirts, I'm gonna give you some political advice here. Yeah, every I grew up in Catoosa County, Georgia. That's a district that you're running for. If you shoot a campaign video of you blowing up a, a fucking <laughs> smart car from a helicopter yes. with an RPG, yes, you will beat the fucking brakes <laughs> off of Taylor Green on God spitting. Take my advice. All right, everyone, spam Marcus otherwise, Flowers with this episode. Otherwise, you ain't got shit. Sorry, it's over. I, I, I think you're right. I, I think, think that's, that's God's honest the... truth. Yeah, I couldn't agree more.
the way to so do it. Marcus Flowers, if you're hearing the sound of my voice right now, your campaign advisor ain't doing shit for you, and you need to call me. My phone number is redacted. <laughs> All right, I'll beep. I'll beep that. It is redacted. Redacted. Yeah, we can't. We can't. I mean, you can if you want there. to, but. <laughs> yeah, you can do what you like. I don't know. I mean, you can you can live how maybe, you want to live. Maybe one care. of our 17 listeners will harass you. Yeah, it'll be fine. That's what I was asking Dylan uh, pre in the pre-show. Mm, uh, off mic. How many dedicated? How many dedicated uh, listeners we got? Well, going? I mean, you have to think. There's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right. So that's three have, um, right there. That's three right there. That's that's an easy three because I can I can count on them. They've never abandoned me ever. Allah. <laughs> Allah. Also listening. Yeah. Uh, uh, Yahweh. Yahweh. Um, right. Yahweh's uh, the, the Father. The Elohim. Um, that's the Father as well. Metatron. Metatron's a big one. We have a lot of fifth dimensional angels that listen. Joe Biden. Um, Joe Biden yeah, is Biden a listener. Confirmed on Twitter that he was listening to buy our shirts. Yeah. Wild Joseph because Robinette Biden. Just yes. <laughs> um, uh. yeah, you know, um uh I'm trying to think. We have another really famous listener. Um Two Chains. Yeah. Two Chains is a big listener for us. Uh reached out personally. Thank you. I think someone. Um, I this got... isn't confirmed, but someone did mention to me that uh, they heard Eminem listening to it in his car. Yeah, so. and members of Al Qaeda. So yeah, we have a lot of uh, we have a different thing kind of going I didn't on hear about that, that a lot one. of people don't have. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder the, what the kind of tone was striking into the show. Maybe I'll have to have a. Oh, uh, you know, a Justin, Trudeau is a... Justin Trudeau is a Justin Trudeau. Yeah, Trudeau is a listener. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we really? got we got really? him to stop I, doing blackface. Actually, with with this true. podcast, we single handedly said, "Sir, you need to stop." <laughs> oh, that's why he stopped. Enough is yeah. Enough. It was us. It was I our see. podcast. Can you imagine that he did that like four different times? Like he just kept. Yeah, he doing just it? the man just likes doing it. <laughs> he thinks, <laughs> so he thinks it's a good bit. <laughs> Says, "Oh, it's a funny bit, buddy." <laughs> it's Halloween. You're supposed to do something completely outside of yourself. Oh man. Halloween, you can be anyone you want to be. Why? Okay, why is I? I think there's at least like there's like a decent handful of uh, politicians that have done blackface on record. Yeah, um, as we're finding, like as they keep digging that shit up. I don't know. Like obviously, like when you're like in college, you don't have the foresight to be like, oh, I'm gonna be a congressperson one sure. day. Sure. Uh, but if you ever had any, uh, if you ever had any. A desire within you to be in politics and then you you started painting i mean you had to paint your whole face <laughs> so you had some time yeah you like you don't get halfway done and go like what the fuck am i doing before you walked out your apartment door you had at least five to six minutes to think about it where you're painting the cold paint on your face yep and true. yet you still walked to the function and appeared yep as a person of another race yeah, and, and this is the thing to me is it like public. how much easier is it just to like do italian face you know and just dress up like a fucking italian just put spaghetti on your face that shit's you know both offensive italian face, your point across yeah big italian but, face is funny every time and caterpillar uh, mustache. is not offensive at all no not offensive we can be as mean to the italians as we want to be yep. also big chef's hat apron Big chef's hat, um, and you could do like one of those little, like those really like thin sideburns. That would All be right. cool. Here's a here's an earnest question right here. Sure. Okay. 
Now, obviously, uh, everyone in this podcast currently is in agreement that blackface or what others would say brownface is wrong, unethical, and people shouldn't do it, correct? Right. Yeah, yeah I agree. Y'all agree? <laughs> yes, I agree. Okay. Yeah, it's a big one. Do you think based on uh based on how culture works and how it currently is that eventually people will start making any and all like uh so like any and all um portrayals of other cultures completely demonized like you couldn't do a british accent as a joke because it's like uh for lack of a better word, British face? Shit, that's a good question. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. No, I don't think so. You don't think it would go that, that far? No, because... I certainly that... think it would go that far. No, because the thing is, is that that doesn't match with the ideology that's being that's at hand, right? Because it's like, the ideology is at hand has to do with, like, uh, the power structures of racism and, and, and how racism would be specific to um white supremacy like us and yeah white supremacy so like us a a white imperial country no i mean that's the reasons why we think it's wrong right that's the reason why that's the reason why the three people present would say uh you shouldn't do blackface because it's hey hey justin maybe don't paint the brown face paint on (laughs) that's why that's why we would say that right there are people that exists, <laughs> Mr. Trudeau. That are going, take off that paint. That, <laughs> that are going to push it more. Like they're going because, like, I'm talking about people that are like, they just keep digging and digging and digging through. Sure, sure. Like gen- generations it later, where it's unrest. like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, my grandchildren, when I crack a British joke because it's hilarious to make fun of British people, always right. they're goofy. Um. I will never let me say I will never apologize for making fun of British people. Uh, well, no, um, they're when I make a British, they're when elitist. I make a British joke, three generations from now, my grandchild is like thinks that I'm racist. Yeah. Um, that's probably going to happen. I I think that's on the horizon. I, I don't mean, know if it'll be yeah, racist, maybe that, just insensitive. Um, we're gonna have uh, an EMP well before then, and and your grandkids aren't gonna talk to you about how your British accent is insensitive to British people. They're gonna talk to you and ask where the clean water is and why they can't have any. Because honestly, in theory, we're gonna, Dylan, we're gonna be way past but... that. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. When like one third of the population gets wiped wiped out by like a new plague because of the EMP that wiped out like our like database of like you know antibiotics and stuff like that we lose all immunity that we've built up over the past however many years to all these things and then after that i feel like we'll have a different perspective and maybe that you know will be like a unifying thing because we'll be like where's the clean water dad and and you'll be like i don't know but here's a british accent and everybody will laugh around the fire i don't i, okay, and, I don't um... think so i think the emp <laughs> is coming and then all the culture war shit will still be there how they can't do it you can't have it if it doesn't you don't have the internet i talk to some people and they're like like some people are they're like oh i think that stuff's on its way out like i think you know like obviously like people on twitter that are you know going a little like twitter people that live on twitter and and don't do things in real life like the way that they uh talk about things and kind of like you know yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, the, the way, way they that, shoot like... on things people i i know people that are like 
talking like, oh, that stuff's going away soon. Like, you know, it's kind of like a, it's like a, as if it's like a fad for the younger generation. But I see it as like unkillable and eternal. But I think that the reason I, it I don't feels think it's possible way, to get rid of it at this point. We've gotten so used to this, like, uh, like micro content and like micro, like things. Like, I think that really, like, when it comes to like, like that kind of Twitter thing where people like bandwagon about such and such thing or this and this thing or whatever, you know, like whatever happens on the internet that I'm not super aware of. Um, I think that that happens because of, uh, the immediacy it, it has, like, like from when you can think about it and react to when you can actually talk about it. And I you think can say you something had... about it instantly. The first right, thing you, that comes the to your mind is being broadcast. comes to your head is like, that's fucked up. Kill that person. It is like, you don't have, it's not a mediated response, but when you have a keyboard in front of you, that's the first thing you can say. But if you no have one... an EMP, you have to write everything down again because we have to go back to paper. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, is like, you will eventually have to, you know, I'm not saying we won't have a period of time in history where we write, you know, in you emojis. Like re and reactionaries when, will be a thing look, of the past. Yeah, well, not reactionaries. It'll just be slower. Delayed like, reactionaries, we have rea I see. We, yeah, just like how it's been in history previous to then. We've always had reactionaries, but we've had reactionaries who had to kindle a fire over a long period of time, and therefore that fire all usually burned longer. Hmm. Um, because, like, now internet reactionaryism is kind of like it's super it's like ultra fast you know it's like within you know a couple days things are circulated through the news cycle and through whatever and then it's you know it's gone i mean so many things happen so fast that we're so aware of because of this internet thing right yeah i i just we don't have know. you have no processing time i just don't know like where like I, I don't know if this ties into like what what the future of comedy is, right? Like what what are we going to be joking about in the future, you know? Because as we become more I feel like a lot of uh like comedy in the past has been like joking about things that you kind of quite don't quite understand, I guess, or like jokes that come from almost a place of pain and a lot of that pain is based in, you know, things like uh, like certain kinds of people not being accepted by like most of society. So I wonder if like it, it, what that what that means for comedy, I guess. like if in the future, if we are hopefully more accepting, it seems like we are becoming more accepting. There are plenty of people who aren't um, accepting right now, but it seems, I don't know, there there's more of a movement. Uh, more of an acceptance movement, I would say. So, and, um, but, but there's still, like, comedy and jokes right now, especially, like, among the kind of oppressed groups. Like, I definitely use humor and comedy a lot to kind of cope with, like, my circumstances, and I know a lot of other people do as well. But I do wonder if, like, if, if utopia exists, right like everyone accepts each other for like who they are and there's no hierarchy or anything like that of like different demographics of people like is there like what do you joke about right like is it is well it... and that makes that makes sense because when john lennon wrote imagine john lennon said you know imagine all the people not laughing anymore and that that's a big deal exactly. right you know it's like it's not it's serious and i think too you know <laughs> communism is when uh jokes aren't funny Communism is when joke bad. Um, and I think that also, 
is the reason we laugh at things and is the reason humor is because we are like suffering? Is that like a thing? Is that why things oh, well, are funny? Can things not be funny just because they're funny? I think they can I be. I don't yeah. know. Like, I, I don't want to live. Like when a cat fall, like, you know, does something funny. You know, that that should be there even when we have the fully automated communist, like, utopia that we want to live in, right? Uh, sure. I, like I having think... a sense of humor about about things for sure my my favorite like comedy i mean full transparency like, my favorite comedy for the most part is stuff that's kind of uh, like raunchier and like boundary pushing and like yeah uncomfortable and like uh wrong basically mm -hmm. like it's because it's taboo because if you're in a uh if you're in a corporate environment with a strong hr department and you said this thing it would be wrong and you could face losing your job right but when you see the person who does it for a living say it and you're reactionary to it because it's like holy shit like i okay here's here's a good example when we were kids ultimately the entertainment, especially growing up in a very um, conservative, sheltered, uh, Christian, evangelical circle, everything that is boundary pushing of sorts is incredibly attractive, right? So, like, right. if there's cussing in a song, um, if it's a horror movie, uh, if it's a movie that has like sex scenes, like, you're that's the stuff you're watching when your parents aren't around, like. I remember the first time I saw Jackass, like my brother put the DVD in, my parents were on like a date night and, uh, you know, Jackass is the most like dick and fart joke. Um, yeah, it's like this sort of thing, funny. but it, it was like, it's just, it sounds so, uh, ridiculous, but it like changed my life in a sort of way yeah. because I could finally, like, I was like bearing witness to things that were like wrong <clears throat> in my world even though most of it is just harmless pranks or stunts in my world, it was like, there's a penis on the screen. There's like a lot of like foul language. And that was like unequivocal. Like that was, that was wrong in my circle. So I was initially drawn to it. Sure. Cause I'm like, wow, this is, this is exciting. This is uh, uh you know, uh, this is like a, a unique experience here I'm, I'm seeing these things that are like taboo that are like yeah, so, wrong you know so like what i'm saying and like also uh, something that i thought of so like let's say like this utopia exists where like there's no more like pain or suffering i guess um so like what and, and i'm kind of poking poking a dead frog here like with like what is funny about jackass right like, it's these guys who kind of put their bodies on the line to, like, do this very physical, like, style of humor. And, like, they hurt themselves. They hurt each other. So, like, what is, um, and, like, that is funny. We agree that that's funny. Like, I, it's hilarious yeah. to me. Like, I, it, it makes me laugh so hard I want to fucking puke. But, like, let's say in the future, like, and it's just, like, maybe you could say, what is funny about that? Like, what is funny about someone just, like, hurting themselves for, like, someone else's entertainment? Like, I'm imagining a world where people are just, like, why why is this funny, I guess? And same I think with, it, like, I a, think it's the taboo. Like, Jackass is entirely reliant on the taboo. Sure. I, I think that's why it's funny. Like, uh, you know... There, there'll, there'll be people like that. Jackass is like there. There's there's a 
Deckass has its target audience. In my case, it was the suburban kid who's like secretly watching it without his parents knowing. Um, and for some people, maybe like the 40 year old accountant that, uh, you know, wears beige every day and uh, just listens to talk radio. Like when they see Jackass, they're like, that's so immature. Well, that's not their target audience. Right. So it's like, right. I, it's it's all all humor is obviously subjective um but i i think like i don't really want to live in a world where i can't have that experience of like being shocked by art whether that's whether that's johnny knoxville being uh put in a porta potty and <laughs> like lunge into the sky or that's like me seeing a singer of a hardcore band like smash a microphone into his forehead until he's gushing blood. Yeah. I want to have those experiences that are like And I think I would agree. and visceral. And I think I would agree, but then sometimes I just wonder if uh maybe this is like kind of pessimistic. I just wonder if like the world will like if that's the world we're heading towards, right? I I think it absolutely is. I mean, uh you know, I. So I, I'm not gonna say the company I work for because I'm about to kind of talk about it a little bit. Sure. Um, I work, I, I work for a corporation uh, that is, you know, uh, currently have like a white collar job, um, and so I, for the very first time, because I've I've been basically a shit shoveler for majority of my professional career. Yeah. Um, just doing all sorts of backbreaking labor. And now I'm in this position where I work in a very non-physical environment. Yeah. Uh, more so like mental labor, you could say. Um, and any inkling. So like we, we use Slack as our like communications app because yeah, we have so many remote good. people. Any inkling of something off color, 2% off color, is immediately... Uh, like it's like the, the the business is handled right then and there in front of everybody. Like I will literally this sounds so funny, but like I'll like so like I have a, a chat that's specific to my team and I'll come across a meme that I think is funny. I will ask Sally <laughs> if it's a good thing to send it to my team chat before I do. Yeah. Because I legitimately at a certain point I start to forget that Especially behind a, especially behind a screen, your character, your like your character point score is not like it's not like that's visible to the person on the other side of the screen. So like you're not sitting in person with them tone. talking. They don't they don't know you. They don't know your heart. They don't know like they don't know the intent or anything. Yeah. And I've seen people crucified in public, company wide chats, in my work, because. They type something out without meditating on it for 30 minutes and thinking of all possible angles that it could be taken. <laughs> and when I see that, I'm just like, okay, like the, the more and more this happens, like it's, it's like the more, uh, you, the more we're putting pool noodles in all the corners in our house, you know, it's, it's, and I, I think more so it's what we need to be looking for is 
going back to reading people's intent and reading people's art and maybe where they're coming mm. from. Maybe they didn't think before saying something before we had, like, if I was working in an office in 1990 and we didn't have this magic computer system that I could chat with the person that lives in Montana but works for the same company. Yeah. Um, you know, these things would never even be an issue. There wouldn't be like an HR conversation surrounding a Slack interaction. Yeah. That would be non-existent. I don't know. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Obviously, there are people that worked in those types of environments where they were, uh, you know, misogynistic things happen, racist things happen, discriminatory right, things right. happen. There are genuinely, like, offensive things that happen, and, like, people do genuinely get offended by, like, certain certain language because of like you know their circumstances or like their station in life or whatever um and and yeah. there and there is um and especially and especially now um there is this kind of like um like what is meant to be kind of like what is meant to be public and what is meant to be private and then also like what is meant to be public but only in certain spaces you know and like how do you keep things like separate and like so where you know people uh, you know where you can share like kind of edgy edgier memes i guess like you can share that publicly with certain people but but not others right and uh there is yeah. a lot of uh there's a lot of yeah like thought that goes that goes in that goes into that more so than in the past and i think and i think that can be a good thing i think i think it is a good thing but it, it it's just very much up for debate and like uh up for debate and like um just like under heavy consideration by probably the entire world right now or well at least at least like the western world i would say um like the connected internet world of like where like when is it when and where is it appropriate uh to share things that like quote unquote aren't right you know yeah well and there's certain okay certain things about like the slack era for instance that are uh net positives yeah. like uh okay if you are a, let's say you're a, a black person working in an office in columbia south carolina in 1975 and the manager was hellbent on never promoting you because you're black. They would say racist things to you. And it, when you went to HR, you had no proof because you didn't have the receipts. Right, right. And HR is probably, and HR is probably just going to say, sorry, anyways. And the net positive of something like Slack is like, you have the receipts. If Instant someone chooses paper to trail. send that message, exactly. So there is a lot more accountability in terms of like, uh, uh relations uh, relations of uh but then uh, but then you have you have bad actors who will take something that may have been a little over the edge or in some circumstances not over the edge at all that are just taken yeah. like out of context or are purposely spun in a different context to like jacket you into like being yeah like uh, to mischaracterize you um and you know i no i no continue i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt i'll finish my thought as soon as you continue sorry uh, I, no that was pretty much the whole thought that that makes me very uncomfortable um but there are definitely like 
I, I do have concerns about like, how are people going to treat me um, as like a trans person, you know? Um, right. And like, and part of me does feel a little safer, like being in the Slack era, like this very connected, like, yeah, we use um, and like, oh, definitely. and like everything is on emails. And uh, when we have, uh, we use like, and there's always like another person, like there's always like people in the room. Um, and like a lot of times the, so it's like any, yeah. I, I don't worry so much that uh, about being like isolated or like mistreated, uh, in, in that way. But it, I mean, there, there still are some concerns. Like what is the culture of like the, the company that I work for, for, I guess. Um, but yeah. then, but then also like part of me is also concerned that like what if i say something that get that yeah that gets taken out of context or mischaracterized um but i i'm generally very careful about that nowadays like what you were saying earlier about like about twitter people people who live on twitter i'm definitely one of those people um and uh sometimes i feel like i don't even belong um yeah and, and like so like you like if you made a joke shit. that you figured like you may like let's say you made a joke that you figure would be taken in good spirits because uh you know you're communicating with someone else who like y'all are within the same community y'all share some of the same right um like ideals of sorts like and then they just completely turn it on you and you're like uh you know why don't we just slow down here and yeah and that shit happens you know you try to like it's it's wild to see especially in the Especially when when it is like uh, within a joking spirit, it's wild to see how quickly people can be. And I think it's I think it also do is because we're behind the screen and the intent is not present. Right. Well, it and is I, so wild to see how quickly people get taken down. And I think people, part of it is people want to play detective and they want to like because there definitely are people in the world who use humor as like kind of a shield for like what their true motivations are um which may yeah. like be like bigotry or you know like uh yeah synonyms to bigotry um and uh <laughs> the the and so there are definitely people out there like that and i think a lot of people because of the those people who use like things like humor as uh as like a shield for like their true motivations um, they're kind of on high alert and like maybe a little like quick to jump on someone else who isn't acting in that way. Um, and, and they also even have like a little bit of like, um, not deniability, but like, because it's so hard to read tone, um, over the internet and over text, um, that, uh, yeah. You know, I, I think, um, I, there is definitely like there is definitely a worry that like I guess the what you guys are calling like the slack era like there is like I think it just it does draw upon the fact that like we live in a world where so much of our lives are now impacted by like workplace communication like our lives are really just workplace transcripts sure. of of workplace communication or even like one your, and another your conduct like, on social media outside right of i mean you're set now everybody's a worker 100 percent, and your identity has to be within that and has to be shielded within that and all that kind of stuff but at the same time 
you know, I could really use a fucking HR department when I have to tell one of my coworkers to not just constantly say racist shit around me or talk about how he wants to do heinous things to women or how he hates, uh, you know, whatever given minority of the day. So it's like there is some sort of middle ground here because I think the... The in like there is what I think we don't realize with like quote unquote edgy jokes is number one, this is such a we're in a weird time in the last however long <laughs> edgy jokes didn't exist before you know in in the year twelve hundred or the year eight hundred or you know whatever like we live in this era, which is very specific, which means we can have those kinds of jokes, which is one thing, but also you don't think people in feudal times made jokes about. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure conditions. they did, but they didn't have like uh, jokes about starving to death and the candy. Edgy jokes are hard to pull off. Edgy jokes are not easy to pull off. Edgy jokes, I would say, take way more finesse, and I would say sure, uh, it takes like than social normal skills and, does. Yeah. Because there's, it's like Dan, it's like playing two games of chess at the same time to try to make a joke that actually gets your point across in a way that's off color. And I think so often one of the reasons people are so, um, what, like kind of against that, I guess, maybe, or like extra protective against that is like either they've just heard, I mean, and I'm not saying it's they've just heard too many like badly executed jokes, but yeah. like, um, I think, I think it does come down to like those jokes are really not meant for an internet era. And those jokes are not meant for an era sure. when you can't understand subtext or nuance or whatever. And I think that minefield of like not wanting to be offensive or not wanting this or that is is one thing. But also just the fact that like those jokes are no longer prohibitory because people don't want their work environments to be like mine, which is a fucking nightmare for anyone who isn't a six foot one tall yeah. straight white guy like me. And like because honestly, I've seen other people with lesser benefits that i have deal with this shit we ain't got no fucking hr you know i i, I don't have any fucking i i don't know i the last job i had i didn't know the fucking hr number we didn't have one yeah the guy who worked in irvine california is six or seven hundred miles from and like you said so, the, like it's so there does so tenuous there does kind of need to be like a middle ground here because on the other hand like I, I feel like there are genuinely like humorless people or people who are trying to find like any kind of issue in any kind of thing that that someone is saying. Um and they'll oh, for sure. and they'll find like they'll find issues or like things to get upset about where there there literally is none. Um and like and I see that all the time. Like this bar that I hang out, there's people there who like they they just don't get jokes like they they take everything personal or they think like everything is like offensive to to someone even if it's not them um and and that and that's just a bummer you know like that that humor does almost feel like a kind of human behavior like or a human instinct um and well i think think of it this way if any stand-up special that was like supremely popular in the last five years if you transcribed it to text and text only oh sure some of those things look so heinous because you're not hearing the person saying it you're not hearing the ups and downs of their voice and you're not hearing um the like situation which is presented yeah so like 
take that to Twitter and someone who made it, the way they typed it out, they said it in their head. And when they said it in their head, there was a tone there and there was a, maybe a, you know, joke to it, a wink to it. Right. But it's just plain text and it read as an asshole statement. The I'm only jokes kid. that work in text form are literally like chilled, like, like a knock knock joke works in text form. Like it's or like memes, because, I guess. Yeah, memes work really yeah, well. Well, yeah, well, memes. Yeah, but I'm saying like the jokes. Like, okay, Dylan, for instance, having me having worked in uh, a lot of job site situations. Oh yeah. Obviously, there's a lot of like, you know, like on your 15, people are telling jokes to each other. Yeah. Um, most of which are very crass and like would not fly in a corporate environment. Some of which are maybe foul and some of which are like, all right, you know, hey, relax, relax. Some of which are very crass, very funny, and honestly without wrong. But if any of those things, like when you're shooting the shit, if any of those statements were written down in text format and like sent to the HR department, most of them don't fly. Yeah. Right. And it's oh, like, I mean, is that, so. so is that private? Like is stuff that you say on your 15 minute break, is that considered private and like only meant for that space? Or is it considered like part of the company, you know? But I think that's the thing too, is that now that we have all this internet culture and we have uh, so much internet, like the workplace is so much uh, synthesized into the internet. I think that very much like, right. a, like a Slack chat is your workplace. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's the thing is like, and a joke there is a joke that represents the corporation in some time, way, shape or form. Because yeah. yeah, because yeah, I mean it's, but it, that idea of like company time really has evolved into every single message you send, whether it's an interpersonal message or not. Like when I used to go to, when I worked at Tesla, we were on teams and it would be like, you'd shoot a fucking, uh, you know, like a gift to like one of your coworkers across the room or whatever um, about something, or you, you would say a meme or whatever that team's chat could be looked at by your, your manager. Like everything could be looked at by your manager. Yep. Um, which is why, you know, if you ever had something you really wanted to say, you had to go up to him in person, which I think just illustrates the idea that, like, we have the wrong posture towards these work environments that they should cater, uh, but we should be able to ha speak more. We should be able to do more and have to represent them less, I think, just in general, like, is, is the biggest thing. It's like it's you, not just jokes, but it's like it's like every aspect of work. And do labor more and now. represent what less? Represent them less. Represent the anything company? but yourself. And yeah, oh, exactly. Sure. Because it's like yeah, and it's that's... like now that they've taken over these these, let's say for example, these like internet forums. They've synthesized into that where like your correspondence with your coworker, which might have been across the cubicle. Or at the at the water cooler, or at the you know at the on your fifteen or whatever, is now a documentable, traceable thing, right? Sure. Where, and I think that too is like a, a, a corporation who has, uh, who really couldn't care whether you live or die, um, really doesn't care whether your jokes are funny, and really is only out to like 
I would say just use everything against you as they can. I mean, it, it, anything. It, well, that's. I don't know. I mean, I that sounds very conspiratorial, but I think it's just. Well, no, no. It, that's it the unfortunate. It's like it goes against their synergy or their efficiency, which goes against them, which therefore is not is uh, makes you less of an asset, which they need to eradicate. And in some and, way, and you know? that's the thing is that that is kind of the unfortunate state of things is that in right now that pretty much everything is recorded, you know, like everything, like every email, every like Slack chat, every like everything on social media, that's all recorded. That's a record. Um, so I, I think we have always had this kind of um, understanding with workers um, and like the companies that they work for that like you whether you like it or not you are if you work for a company you kind of are an ambassador for that company and even things that you do off the clock are like kind of things because your first and last name are like not owned by the company but like in the company records so like anything you do like under like that first and last name can like ultimately be traced back to the company that you work for um and if that and yeah if that reflects poorly on them and they have the power to you know say hey we we no longer want to work with you um and and yeah it, it's just a confusing difficult time to be in where it, uh, yeah just yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's a terrible time. And I think, you know, in, in EMP is the th only thing that's ever going to stop it because it's as we further synthesize <laughs> onto the internet and we further go into, I mean, I'm serious. Like, it's, it's kind of a joke, but like, I'm going to buy a farm and I'm not going to have the internet on my farm. Like, I, I cannot really say how serious I am that like, I'm done with this shit. I don't fucking like it. I don't like this culture that that we're a part of yeah, now. That I mean, they, everything's being synthesized by these corporations, and in such a way that like your correspondences with other people, your interactions, everything is now concretized forever on a database in some sort of terrible data farm in you know Arizona, and it's gonna live there forever until you know that big magnetic wave pulse just wipes everything out. Yeah, I here's, mean, here's my take on. Here's my take on like representing your company or like having to. If you ain't giving me stock options and you ain't putting my name on the fucking company's ownership list, when I clock out, I am no longer your fucking employee. And I ain't representing shit. Period. You pay me an hourly wage for the time that I work. And when I'm on the clock, I'm on the phone with a customer. I will be in my good graces. I will do my work diligently. But the second that I clock out, I am no longer affiliated with you because my life is not my fucking job. And I know people that I, people, some of these people I really like. And they wear being employee for the company that I work for, like some sort of, like it's part of the personality or it's, or it's like a badge of some sort. Like yeah. I know one person who I'm very much admire who's uh, not does not have any ownership options is, is not getting paid partly in stocks or anything of that nature. Yeah. And they put the company's website in their bio. That is insane to me. Yeah. And that is what they want. That is precisely what they want. If every employee of Tesla put Tesla.com in their Instagram bio, 
That is precisely what they want because yeah. Oh, yeah. you're giving them all the free promo that they ever needed. That's the fucking that's the fucking nightmare brain like brain melting like dystopia that we've kind of begun into, especially with like I think the pandemic has really like brought this into focus and more into contrast. But like I mean there are it is now very apparent that the way to be successful and actually like quote unquote like affluent or or moving up some sort of chain is to completely make your identity within this matrix, right? Is to fully identify yourself with the thing, with the with your well yeah your company. The or company whatever, takes right? care of because you. They give you they give you your job. They give you something to do. They give, they give you your, your money, money to go buy your milk. Exactly. You know? and, and so to you can pay your you can... rent and to take care of your family yeah. and, and all that shit. Like and um Right. And yeah, and it is unfortunate is that is like... you you it, it puts you in a position of like, okay, well how how much will I allow myself to be stripped of my individuality and my like unique personality in order to like, you know, keep this relationship like mutual, you know, where like I get to continue working and, and making my money and they continue paying me. Um, and yeah. that's why, like, Phil, I totally agree with what with what you're saying that, like, I agree with that philosophy. Um, and you can and you can say that and I would love to be able to say that. But like part of me is is like but I, I can't like fully do that because I do fear like, you know, just like getting fired, you know, for some for some shit that I say. And I'm not going to live my life in, in fear like I'm I'm not going to completely I'm not going to let myself be stripped of my like individuality or whatever i mean yeah. fully i guess i mean part of part of me is i mean i'm definitely going to be going back and listening to this podcast and seeing if i need to edit anything out um that could get me in trouble because uh, yeah because dylan what you what you were saying that like you want to live on a farm with no internet every day of this past week probably the past two weeks i've thought about like buying a cabin in the mountains in the snowy mountains and just living there alone forever because yeah. like yeah i i it, it's just overwhelming it's really hard to deal with all this shit and and i don't know some of it seems good and and then other times i just feel like so intensely bored and like paralyzed with like the expectations um of like like we're we're social creatures and i don't even know how to socialize anymore because i i feel like every every time i try to socialize or anytime i like you know take the weights off of like you know i'm just gonna be free i'm gonna be me that like i'm met with opposition or or like yeah. some someone ju just like um like i i don't like that i don't like the way you are um and there's going to be consequences yeah. for it I, I think the thing for me is like I'm not interested in internet communities anymore. Like I'm not interested in internet uh like anything plugged in like that because I think number one, I think it's not good for your brain. To, I think like it's the like future. I like I think it's where we're heading. I mean it is it is the future, but it's like I like my head hurts when I like sit down and I look at Instagram for an hour, right? Like yeah. and I, I have a tendency to do that. I have a low impulse control. I like you know, dopamine constantly fucking hitting my hitting my brain yes. after looking at a new post or new post. 
or whatever, but it like it hurts my brain. Like and that shit mm-hmm. is but that's that's like a very like boomer take on being like, well, you know, attention spans or whatnot, but like I'm I, I'm like I don't want any of that shit. Like it all sucks. It it's all weird and like all none of it's real. But there's and, like, no I, other I, I option. Guess like, there's no other option anymore. No, nah, you can't. You can go be a concrete guy, and a concrete person does not ever That's have to be looking at the internet. Though, once. When 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 there's like when you have like this whole, concrete, this whole digital, digital world. Okay, yeah. listen. But you can't unring that you bell. Can't, you you got can't got fucking you unring that bell of like once you've been having like once you've been eating fucking potato chips and chocolate that is Twitter and Instagram. The concrete, it, it actually. All right, hold up, hold up. <laughs> it's, it's really up. It's like a, kind of like a vacuum almost. All right, there's besides besides life updates from people I care about but don't talk to every day. There's only one reason that I stay on social media, and it's to, it's to promote my shit. Sure, that's, that's it. So. If my band's putting out a record or my band is playing shows or if I'm booking shows and announcing shows, it's the only real tangible way to get anyone involved with anything anymore. So whether that's a Facebook event for a show, that's flyers getting passed around on Instagram, that's flyers going on Twitter. It's the future. It's like I said. The most tangible way I have of promoting a show, which is something that I am financially responsible for, I'm financially responsible for paying the touring ban. I'm financially responsible for paying the venue. So if I don't want to lose uh, money and fall on my ass, then I have to stay on my shit in terms of promotion on the internet. Oh yeah. That I mean... nearly drove me insane last year. Just having to be on there for that reason. But yeah, but you have to fruits... promote on the internet. That's the only way you can do you it. You have to. And I was able to see the fruits of my labor of the promotion and time that I did put into all of that, all the communications that are involved in being a, a you know, one person booker, promoter, um, you know, player of bands. Like most of the shows that I book have like at least one of my bands on it. So it's like, you know, I have all that. Once like the most gratification I feel is after that show has ended, if the show went well and I can say, all right, all that work was not in vain. Turns out it went well. The The shit that I encounter when I am promoting shows is so unnecessary. I'm going to give an example here. Um, Dylan, I think I have shown you this, but Rain, I'm going to send you a flyer um, that I had made. And... Um, I'm going to tell you what happened with this. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm sending it to you on Instagram right now. Um, so this flyer. Um, you sent it via DM. Okay. Yeah. So I, whenever I, right you guys discuss, I'm going to, I had a piss. Okay. Right. Whenever I build whenever I build out a show, um, after I have the show lineup fully constructed, the date and everything, I will hit up an artist. I have multiple that I work with. And I have them make me a flyer because I like all of my flyers for all my shows to be like real art, like something someone actually did, not yeah. just like uh, not just like some random text that looks like a, a meme, you know? Right. Um, so this one specifically was in October. And so the vibe that we're going with for this specific one was like spooky. Right. Um, so 
as you can see, there is a door opening to a dark, scary room. Uh, there's a skeleton hand, and the skeleton is holding like a horse syringe, mm-hmm. right? Has a spooky vibe to it. Um, there's no agenda here. I literally hit up this guy and was like, hey, I want a flyer. I didn't even tell him, like, I didn't even say anything really specifically. He just came back with this one. He's like, I made it spooky for Halloween. I had this one guy uh, accusing me of being an anti-vaxxer because of this flyer. Oh, wow. And he said that that the That is not the vibe I got at all. (laughs) Quote-unquote read, he said, quote-unquote, reads like anti-vax propaganda. Um, The most ironic part of this is that the artist that I hit up to make this flyer is one of the most annoying people about like, about the vaccine. Oh, get vax yeah. on the internet that I follow. And like, that's not, a, I'm not trying to diss him by saying that. I'm just saying he's very much like, that, that's the kind of person like, he is. Yeah. He's, he's been very loud about it. That's okay. That's totally fine. I'm not trying to diss him that way, right. but, but it's it also just, so just adds to like, the, 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 there would be no reason to even like consider that this is like an anti-vax because the artist himself is is not like an anti-vax person. Extreme, he's extremely outwardly pro-vaccine. Yeah. Right? So, um, yeah, it was just like that's the type of and that. That I'll be honest, that's a minor. That's that, that's one of the most minor things that I that I've dealt with in my time of booking shows. Because when you're booking shows and you have hundreds of people coming, there's such a wide variety of parties being represented yeah. um, that you you cannot do anything right. And there's certain things um, that I'm not going to say on this show just in case anyone's ever going to listen to it because yeah. I feel like in that case, that one person crying about the flyer that's not an anti-vax flyer and accusing it of being an anti-vax flyer, that person's irrelevant. I don't care if they hear this. There's other situations that I've encountered where people make such a stretch. And I don't know if it's just because they're haters by nature or if they have some personal vendetta against me, want to see me go down. But I have to encounter these things where I'm like, I have to like make a decision of sorts or I have to make like a statement or, and that alone is like, I, the feeling after I've done a successful show, like the show is over I'm packing things up. People are leaving. That feeling is unmatched. Nothing in the world could get me higher than that. Yeah. But all things leading up to it are endlessly stressful. Yeah. <laughs> and people don't, and it's already, the logistical aspects of it are already so stressful. People don't realize when they do things like that, they're like dropping a ton of bricks on my shoulders. Like, I'm already like, I'm already stressed about it. I'm already stressed about the turnout. Like, like I said, I'm financially responsible for it. Their finances are not on the line, yet they have the most to say about it. And there have been people that have tried to deter people going to my shows because of things this minuscule. Wow. Even though they're not the ones financially responsible for it. I could go on about that for a long time. I won't get into any of the exact details. I mean, that gives some people meaning, like, to find some kind of, like, that's a political cause for some people, I imagine. Just, like, it's oh, so sad. this is, like, some anti-vax uh, punk hardcore show, you know, like, let's boycott the this local show, you know? And it, uh... the, the thing that this guy told me, he's like, 
this flyer has been being passed around in certain circles, and a lot of people agree it looks anti-vax. And I'm like, yo, I don't know what to tell you. And ultimately, I was like very professional in my response. Yeah. Um, because like ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, like I've just said six times, who's the one who's gonna who's gonna take a bath if this show doesn't go well? Me. I'm the one that's got to pay the bands out of my pocket. So, like, I was very professional with it. I handled it as you know as like neutrally as i could mm-hmm. um but what i like i don't know what i want to like... say is just like <laughs> what i want to say is bitch <laughs> if you ain't paying shut the fuck Get up fucked, yeah and, I, and i'll say hey if you still want to come out of the show i'll take your money at the door like it yeah it's wild but that's the that's what's like that's i think like I really let some of those things get to me last year. I think my new outlook is that's the nature of the game. Yep. Uh, if you ain't got haters, you ain't doing nothing right. And that's fair. Whatever happens, happens. I can't. I can't sit here and try to cater to every single person right. that hits me with a minor concern. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a <laughs> uh, politician. I am simply a dude that wants to do good for his scene. I want to put on good shows with cool bands, and I want to make Chattanooga a very desirable place to play on tour. And the way I do that is by basically not caring about what anyone says. Because if they're not going to be the ones to do it, and they don't have any actual stock in the situation, I can't care about what they think about me or what they say. Do you have any shows coming up? Yeah, I got, I got yeah. several. I don't know if, uh, like I said, I don't know how many people. Uh, hey, hey, how's it going? Can you hear me? Yep. Sorry, it's okay. I didn't mean to just pop out of the blue there. I just, I, I my mic was turned down on accident. <laughs> it's all good. I apologize. Um, yeah, like I said, I don't know how many people like listen to this or how many people will listen to this like this week or whenever the shows are. But like, if you want to plug your shows, like, go ahead. We've been doing like an hour and a half. Yeah, um, well, it's funny. I only have, as far as, like, I have a whole calendar of stuff coming up yeah. um, that I haven't, like, got around to announcing. I only have one show currently announced, um, which is for uh, February 18th. I uh, got Sun Title from New Jersey. Um, and then uh, Suter, which is banned from around here. And then uh, Dixon Blake Callahan, uh, who's a local oh, hey. kind of legend of sorts. Love Dixon. Um, yeah, amazing. Uh, amazing talent there and then yep. my buddy cody we play halo uh, sometimes does, like oh that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome uh my buddy cody's opening and he's kind of like on some like outlaw country like singer songwriter stuff this is very the, uh this show is very much a um kind of a, a different thing for my promotion yeah. being that majority of what i promote is metal and hardcore mm-hmm. um but i uh, haven't announced it yet um okay so are you announcing it so, here well, no no i i've announced that one okay uh this next one i have one on the on february 28th that i haven't announced yet i will be announcing this week so okay. i don't want to spoil it but it's a it's a um well it, it's fine they they've already announced their tour flyer so you can see that they're playing chattanooga on there but cool. uh 28th of this month full lineup not yet announced i have portrayal of guilt um and that's monday the 28th um so yeah awesome. this is just a couple of things i have coming up um we got this uh got this planner here 
it's got all of my shows in it because I used to be a very disorganized person, <laughs> but now got to be organized. I'm, I'm turning over a new leaf, and I have everything in this book. <laughs> well, do you want to? Do you have like uh, Instagram or website where like all the tour dates and shit are? Yeah, so my promotion page is uh, T Bone Presents on Instagram. Uh, almost ma vast majority of my promotion is through Instagram. Gotcha. Um, I post on my personal Twitter, uh, which is just T Bone Phil, but um, and then I do like Facebook events. But uh, T Bone Presents on Instagram is the place to keep up with it. If you live in the Chattanooga area and you want to come out, come check out a punk or a hardcore or a metal show. Um, I do book those and they do happen. Um, so yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's that. All right, hell yeah. All right, I think that's the show. Uh, you know, I was just no. All I want to say one thing. I just want to say, uh, uh Ray and I have both known Philip for uh, years and years and years. And uh, if you ever do, even if you don't live in Chattanooga, if you live within 150 miles, go to a fucking show. Um, uh, you know, I've driven for. Scene. I've driven for less, uh, and I've driven farther for less, and honestly, you should definitely fucking go, because every one of show Philip's shows is good, they've always been good, uh, Philip plays in a great band called Gum with all of our friends, and, uh, it's very important, so anyway, support Philip, uh, you know, through this hard time, make sure you donate to his good <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and just, uh, just, you know, make sure it's all good. We also, make I just sure want to say, I just want to say real quick, uh, you know, I was just complaining about it for like 10 minutes. Um, I am very grateful, thankful, and I feel very privileged to do the things I do, play the shows I play, book the shows I book, work with the bands I work with. Um, I feel very privileged to do that. I feel very blessed that I'm able to do that. Um, and then I would just say, like, I guess my call to action would be... Um, I've been booking shows for about four or five years, um, and I don't care where you live. It is possible to book bands and do exactly what the fuck you want to do and start growing your scene. If you live in, if you live in uh, Pine Bluff, Arkansas, and you want to start booking shows, book a show and start doing it because you can like you can make. Like a lot of when when agents are booking tours, their primary focus is on what they call A markets. Mm -hmm. So Nashville, Atlanta, New York, Chicago, right. Los Angeles, San Francisco. Those are A markets. Those are markets that if any sizable band wants to hit, they want to hit it every tour. If they do a tour the month after where they've already oversaturated themselves for the next three or four months in Atlanta. They're going to start looking at Chattanooga and Birmingham and Huntsville and yeah. Knoxville. Knoxville, yeah. And that's where I come into play, and I email agents annoying them Scoop about them, them sending, sending their bands through. Um, it is certainly possible anywhere. And one thing is you just kind of got to make it realistic to the agent of, like, this is obviously not an A market. This is a C market on a Tuesday. Um, and so the guarantee that your band's getting paid in Atlanta may not be realistic to Chattanooga on a Tuesday. Um, so, you know, you gotta, you gotta spit a little game there. Um, but it's one of the most fulfilling things I do. And I just want to say that I'm, uh, feel very blessed to be doing it. And I got a lot of cool things on the calendar for this year. So awesome. let's get it, baby. It's actually a uh, book and Slayer this year, everybody. So that's going to be a big rest, rest big in power. To, yeah. 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 Booking the return show. The only one. <laughs>
Yeah, when I was uh, when I was at Ghost last night. We can end the podcast. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's buy our shirts. <laughs> I buy our, buy our shirts, shirts, everybody. It's a lot of a lot of hot takes on this episode. So yeah, beware. All right. Take care, y'all. Bye.